Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Welcome back to the Relatable Voice podcast. Today, the RV is headed to Ohio to speak with Chesity Stroder. Chesity is a survivor and has been in a battle for a life. And she chronicles her experience in her book called Broken from the Promise. So Chesity, it's an honor to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. So, Chesity, you are originally from Arkansas, but ended up in the Midwest. So, what brought you to Ohio? Uh, actually, I've been, I started out in, the, in Oklahoma. I went to school um, in Oklahoma City. And mm -hmm. then when I graduated with my bachelor's in education, I moved to Michigan. And I was there for about close to 10 years. And my husband and I met there. We got married in 2006. And then we eventually moved to Ohio. How do you like living there? Do you have family there? or? Uh, my husband, it, my husband's family is in Michigan. I don't have any family. Most of my family is back in the South. Um, my parents are still in Arkansas. My, I have a sister in Texas. And I have a sister in Oklahoma. But mm -hmm. uh, my husband's family is in Michigan. But uh, what I like about Ohio, we actually live on Lake Erie. So we are in the Cleveland area. So literally I can walk two minutes out of my door and I'm on the beach. Oh, it's beautiful and cold. Yes, it is. The winters are very cold here. They seem very long, mm -hmm. but the beautiful summer and the fall season makes up for it. It's absolutely mm -hmm. beautiful here in the summer. The fact that we literally live on the lake makes it even more amazing. I'm sure one day I want to visit. No, today I'm visiting it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little cold on the beach today, but it's still there. <laughs> and it's beautiful anyways. So, Chesite, do you mind sharing a little bit of your journey with our listeners? My journey has involved a lot of physical challenges. My husband and have been, we've been married, uh, this year will be our 17th year of marriage. And for about 10 years of our marriage, I have battled, as you said in the beginning, for my life. Um, very, very intense um, physical battles uh, that resulted in two surgeries. But before that, I was in a battle for my life um, when I was pregnant with my youngest son, Joshua. And that's what the book is about. Yeah, I'm sure it was not easy. Not at all. But now you became an author. Have you always wanted to be a writer? I've always been a writer. Um, I spent a lot of time journaling as a kid. I always asked my parents for those little journals with the locks on them. So I would get journals and I would just kind of use it for my little secretive adventures you know I would write stories you know kind of like my use my imagination and go places in my writing um pretend like I was a princess and 
you know, mm -hmm. the happily ever after stories, because I always wanted to be married. So with a family, mm -hmm. things like that. So I've always been a writer. And I believe that journaling is so therapeutic. Yes, it is. And Chazit, your book is entitled Broken for the Promise. Mm -hmm. What inspired you to share your story? I was inspired because after my son was born um, and I was recovering from the trauma that I had experienced while pregnant with him, I think I was just basically trying to get through it when I was pregnant. I just wanted to get through the nine months and all of the doctor's appointments and medications and everything they were trying to do to keep me alive. I was just in survival mode. So after he was born, I had, I realized I had suppressed those memories of my experience. And so I don't really think I had planned to share it with people. I think I basically wrote it for myself because I just wanted to um, remember. I wanted to actually describe and go back down that road to what I had been through as a way of healing from it. Mm. Yeah, I was reading your answers and I said that you and your husband, Terrence, yes. had to deal with a lot and you are a mother of two? I am. I have two sons. I have an almost 19-year-old. He'll be 19 on Sunday. And Joshua, he's the baby that went through um, that trauma with me. He will be 13 this year. Wow, I'm ready. A teenager. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have little kids anymore. I have big boys, but uh -huh. they're they're my hearts, both of them. Mm -hmm. And you had a difficult health journey with being ill whilst pregnant, mm -hmm. which ultimately led you to losing your home. Yes, we were, I was, my medical, the medical expenses, I was seeing two doctors at the same time. I was basically in and out of the hospital and my husband was working and we just, the load, the burden of everything medically that was going on just became overwhelming and we lost our home and most of our personal possessions. So at the same time that I'm pregnant and going through all of this, we lose our home. So we were, I was pregnant and homeless at the same time. And how did you and Terrence juggle your health, your sons, Donovan and Joshua, all while being homeless? How? Honestly, our faith, our faith. I'm a believer in God. Um, he, looking back, he was the one that sustained us through that uh, traumatic, overwhelming, painful, dark experience. Because it was all of that. It was dark. It was traumatic. It was overwhelming. Uh, it literally could have consumed us. You know, I've had people tell me, you know, and you're still, and you're standing here, you know, you, yeah. you went through all of that and you're here and, you know, I can't take credit for that. I'm here because of God. Um, it was traumatic. It was painful. It was brutal. It was like our world had been turned upside down. Something as beautiful as bringing a child into the world mm -hmm. was forced into a very dark place um, that became darker as the time went on. And unfortunately, 
the sad reality of how expensive health care is. Mm -hmm. Very, and yes. How underfunded and under-researched, yes. for example, right. women's reproductive mm -hmm. health is. I've yes. seen it mm -hmm. on a daily basis. So how has your experience shaped your views on our society, Shazit? I think the hardest part of the experience was going through, as you say, the health system. Uh, it was completely, it was like, literally, I experienced what most people experience right now, where you're choosing between whether or not you eat or you pay a medical bill. There is no compassion or mercy for people that are struggling, you know? So we lost our home because we were overwhelmed by my medical expenses. Did I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't ask for this. I didn't wish for it. It wasn't my fault. I just happened to be, I had a high risk pregnancy. And my husband, mm -hmm. you know, Joshua was our first child together. So we were ecstatic about being pregnant. And here I was, went from being ecstatic about being pregnant to my life is on the line. So what I learned is I have compassion for people who struggle to either I have to eat today or my, my medications or my surgeries or my, you know, uh, procedures, you know, the cost of those things. Um, I don't, I think that's America is very brutal to people, you know? brutal and without compassion for people that struggle like that healthcare should be a right that yes. is one mm -hmm. no it's not <laughs> no it's not they want money you know it's like when you use the facilities when they provide care it's like i want i want the money and i want it now yeah also medication it's so mm -hmm. expensive yes and i had um you know there was treatments that were given to me of course certain kinds of treatments because i was pregnant there wasn't a whole lot they could do that's what made it so bad because i was pregnant because you know if they had given me the wrong thing you know it could have terminated my pregnancy so there had to be very specific things that they used but like you said expensive so we're talking about various treatment. They were trying different things. And every time you try something, you have to pay for it. And if you don't, it, that, it doesn't work, you know, that's $200 down the drain. And then you try something else and you have to pay for that. So there's not a whole lot of compassion when it comes to, like you said, healthcare as a right. Um, our physical bodies break down um, and we need care. Why is it so expensive? Why do we have people choosing between whether they're going to eat or whether they're going to take medication? It should not be that. Absolutely. I saw many cases where diabetic mm -hmm. people cannot afford yes. buying they're, insulin. Yes. yes. And they're going without it and they lose their limbs. You know, they all these effects, side effects of having that disease. And if it's not properly treated, it leads to other illnesses and issues and oh okay well it's your fault then yes but Joshua was born healthy yes yes he was he was born 
uh, full term. He was born at 36 weeks gestation, literally week by week. I had to go in for, to see if he was developing, um, being hooked up to all kind of machines. I went through two amniocentesis because they were trying to see if there was a way that I could deliver him sooner, but his lungs were not developed and they just didn't want to risk the fact that I was already ill and then, you know, a NICU baby. So uh, literally every week, from from day from the days to the weeks we were counting one day closer one week closer to see if he would be healthy enough to be delivered and then at that point um i considered a, a cesarean section and my doctor said no there there's no i mean your your body's already been traumatized so um i couldn't do a cesarean se section they had to uh, give me medication to start uh, for a vaginal delivery. Yeah, and Tessity, now you are an author and the title of your book is Broken from the Promise. What is the significance behind this title? It's significant because if you look at the front of my book, it the the broken, the word broken, it's, you know, it's in pieces. And that's literally was my life. My life was broken for this baby, this gift from God that was inside of me that I was looking forward to, you know, counting his toes and touching his nose and holding him in my arms. But the fact that my body went through such a trauma to bring life forth, um, that was basically the meaning uh, or the significance behind the title, because I wanted people to know that sometimes in in life, we're broken. Some things are just simply not our fault. You know, we're going along, we're doing the things, you know, that we think that we ought to do. Me, I was wanting to be a mom. And here I am facing a deadly disease that was ravaging me. Mm -hmm. But it was not only the life, the baby that came out of it, it changed me as a person because the compassion that I have, uh, the hope that was restored, the things that, uh, the trials, you know, nobody wants to go through pain, but I'm, I grew from that, you know, my life, as you said, is survival, you know, I'm a survivor of that. And then I take what I've learned, I take my story, and then I impart that survival and that hope into someone else. And so that's my story. I asked you to say three words about you, and you said, never underestimate me. I just love it. Yes. <laughs> I actually was laughing because I was sitting there like, what, you know... And that was the first thing that popped in my head was mm -hmm. never underestimate me. I think that a lot of times when with with a person who's been through what I've been through, it's like, oh, you know, she's going to be people expect you to be mad or they expect you to be bitter or they expect you to be, yeah. you know, the worst case scenario because you've been through a lot and not saying that at one point that wasn't me, but the fact that. I've changed in an amazing way, 
you know, and I have this story that I'm so thrilled to be able to share with the world, not just my family, my friends, but the world, somebody listening to me that may be going through the same thing or something else that said, you know what, if she went through that and came through it, maybe I can get through what I'm going through. Yeah, for sure. You are going to be an inspiration for many people. What would you like your readers could take away from your story? I want them to take away from my story to never give up. If I would have given up, there were so many bumps in the road. The journey was rough. It was dark. There were so many obstacles. Um, I had every reason, and you know, um, I'll share this little tidbit that I didn't necessarily um, point out in the book, but I was giving the option to abort Joshua in the very beginning because the doctors told me there was not much they could do medically to get this condition under control. So I was in the early stages of my pregnancy when I was diagnosed. So I had the option to abort him. I didn't take that option because I believed that life was put place inside of me for a reason that not only did I have a purpose, but my son had a purpose. And so I was determined to get through the darkest time of my life. So I would say, don't give up. Beautiful. I'm almost crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, Saizete, are you currently working on anything you'd like to share with us? Yes, I am working on another book. I believe that my audience is our women, um, obviously, because I my book is about a pregnancy. I'm working on a book about menopause because I believe that women are applauded during their childbearing years. I mean, we love the fact that we see somebody pregnant. You know, we see life coming forth. But as we know, there is that second part of life where the childbearing years end called menopause. And it's not such a fun part of life. It's a lot of uh, changes that come with that. And I think that women tend to go into a shell they tend to feel ashamed about hot flashes and mood swings and vaginal dryness. And you don't feel that, you know, the wrinkles and the, yeah. the, the, the things that in the younger years, the earlier years that you felt more alive, suddenly you don't maybe you don't feel it that way. So I think that I'm currently in that stage of my life and I want to encourage women who are there to understand that life is not over because the childbearing years are over. Yeah. Um, your life can still be amazing, you know, and there are things out there that you can do for yourself to get through um, that second phase of life and enjoy your life. You are completely right. I remember not too long ago how even talking about menopause was mm -hmm. considered terrible. Yes. Yes, very, and it still is in a way, in a way, in a way, there's people, I mean, they don't, you know, it's it, this, it's, it's supposed to be this secret, you know, you don't talk about that, you know. It's like a shame or yes. something like this. Right, because it's like, you know, you, we, we look at women who are pregnant and their, their bellies and they're glowing, but yes, you know, but still life is or can be amazing in the 
later years. Um, just because you can no longer bear children doesn't mean life is over. It's just beginning. It's just a different phase of life. Yeah. This needs to change. And yes. I'm, I'm excited to see what you will publish about this subject. Please come back. Mm -hmm. already. Yes. <laughs> I'm working on it because I myself went through a uh, challenging experience with accepting menopause, you know, and um, like you said, because it is a taboo topic, it's something that you don't publicly talk about. It's a secret. But I want to reach the women who feel that they have, they have to be ashamed of it. It's nothing mm -hmm. to be ashamed of. Well, it's not. Well, it's part of our lives. It is. It is. It's, a, it's just a second. It's just another stage of life. Life is a journey full of mountains and valleys and hills and everything in between. And it's just another stage, another chapter in your book, you know. Exactly. And is there a message, Shazita, you would like to leave our listeners today? I want people to never give up hope. When I was saying earlier about never giving, giving up, there's so much in the world that can make us feel hopeless um, with inflation, with uh, the political uh, climate, <laughs> with our children. Uh, the pandemic is, you know, COVID is still out here. There's a lot of things that can cause people's hope to literally shrivel up and die. And we have to hold on to hope. I've had to adjust some of my habits of social media, watching the news, you know, feeding my mind negativity. We have to be purposeful and intentional with feeding our mind with positive things. Because if we don't, if we do nothing but consume negativity and fear and, you know, oh, this is terrible. Oh, the cost of eggs is $10. All of this stuff, you know, can literally choke out the hope in us yeah and people are becoming very like anxious and yes anxiety depression yes mm -hmm. yeah and I, I went through that last year and one of the things that I had to adjust about um, my habits was technology you know putting the phone down finding ways to feed my mind uh wholesome uh, positive things, going for a walk. Matter of fact, like I said, we live here by the beach. Yes. So being by water is very soothing, yeah. very soothing, very therapeutic. Journaling, as we were discussing earlier, finding things on TV that doesn't talk about fear and oh, it's so terrible and gossip and drama. Finding things that feed your mind, therefore you feed your hope. Yeah, feed your mind with good things because yes. bad things we right. we are right things. yes it's, it's it's too it gets to be too much and it literally can choke the life out of you yeah. it can so Chazette, where can our listeners find you online i am on facebook under my uh full name uh chastity C-H-A-S-I-T-Y, middle initial is L as in Lincoln, mm -hmm. and then Strader, S-T-R-A-W-D-E-R. -E I am on Instagram at handle Royal Diadem, that's R-O-Y-A-L, 
D-I-A-D-E-M 1975. And I'm also on LinkedIn uh, under Mrs. Chastity Strauder. So okay. those are the three social media pages that I have that I am active on. Um, and you can find me there. Yes, yeah, sounds good. And I want to tell our listeners that you'll be in our magazine in February and that they will be able to see you, your socials, read a little bit more about you and see your book cover. So it will be wonderful to have you when you publish your next book. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for coming. You are powerful. And hopefully I inspire other people to write their stories. I talk to people all the time about writing your Don't be afraid to write your story because you never know who's out there who can benefit from what you have to share with the world. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.